of a miracle that all the moms look so beautiful and amazing because you are, but let's be honest, if we had a whole night of waking up with kids, we wake up and our hair kind of looks like Mufasa um, from the Lion King, and so it's a blessing that we made it. I don't know about you, but I have kids and um, I can never get ready at one time. Like I have one curl in my hair and then someone needs a diaper change, and then you put you know, one eye with mascara on so you kind of look like the Hunger Games, and another kid needs instruction or food and they look at you like, mommy, you look crazy. And you're like, we are crazy. We are. So we're so thankful you're here today. They invited me to share my story with you. And um, it starts like a lot of you in this room where you imagine your life to be a certain way and to marry this Prince Charming. And so I was that girl that was like, I am going to wait until God brings me that perfect man. And I waited and I prayed and the Lord was so gracious and actually answered that prayer. And I met this man named Patrick Price, and he was every bit of 6'5", tall, pale, and handsome. And he was hilarious and loved the Lord. And we just had this amazing love story. He was my first love and my first kiss. And it was just something that was like a dream. And so we got married, and we stood on the altar. And part of our marriage vows was we promised to be faithful through life's pleasures and through life's pressures. And when you say that in your 20s, you don't really know all that entails, but you're excited to walk alongside of each other with it. And so pretty soon after we got married, we got pregnant with our first little guy, and then our second little guy, and our third little guy. And we had, in the fall of 2015, three kids under the age of three. So yes, we were crazy, and I was very thankful for concealer because I was tired all the time. Um, and so... Life kind of felt like whack-a-mole. You get a kid down for a nap, the next one pops up. You get the next one down, the next one comes up. And, um, you know, they did crazy things like, you know, scrub the toilet with your husband's toothbrush. And the day you find them doing it, they look pretty like an expert at it. And you think, how many times have they been doing that? <laughs> have they been doing it to mine too? Um, and then you try to teach them, well, mommy's is, it doesn't work as good. <laughs> Daddy's is the blue one. Um, my husband and I told him that story as he was brushing his teeth. I was like, don't worry, I got you a new toothbrush. <laughs> or I had a one-and-a-half-year-old that would take all the little items around the house, and I would hear him singing happy birthday. And I would go in the bathroom, and he was flushing everything down the toilet, saying happy birthday to you, flush. And you think, how do these kids come up with this stuff? Like, they just invent all this craziness. So we were tired, and it was insane, but I was living the life that I dreamed of, which was being a wife and a mother. And so I remember one day, my husband called me from work, and he said, hey, the com computer systems went down today, and so I'm going to come home early and help put down the boys for bed. Yes, brownie points for every husband that helps put the kids down for bed. Every tired mom is thankful for that. So he met with the guy he was supposed to disciple that evening, that afternoon, and they met, and he was challenging on a lot of things. And at one point, they were talking about the end of times, and he said, you know, I'm ready whenever God's ready for me. Like, that's what we have to live in a place as a believer, that we're walking with God no matter what's going on in our lives. And so that night, he did his daddy time as usual, and tucked them in, and then we got in bed, and, you know, you're doing your pillow talk like usual, and pillow talk when you have kids is like, hey, how was your day? Was your day good? Hey, hey, babe, I changed 15 diapers today, um, but it felt like 35, or, you know, your typical day-to-day, -day, sometimes it's mundane, but then other times, 
you have the amazing gift in marriage of having those beautiful conversations where you're sharing your soul with each other. And that night was a conversation that I'll never forget. And I just remember thinking how beautiful it was. My husband was in law enforcement and there was a huge case, the biggest life or death case in the case of Georgia for 70 years. And so as a result of that case, we were talking about life and death. And my husband was talking about the gift of the gospel and how we all deserve death, but thanks be to God, he has given his life so that we can live in freedom. And we pulled out our phones and we're like, okay, we need to make an appointment with our grandparents and go visit them all this weekend. We don't know how much longer they have. And we talked about how we wanted to raise our kids to know the gospel and to, to love each other well. And it was just one of those beautiful conversations. And I went to bed that night in his arms as usual, and he prayed over me. And I remember thinking how tired I was, but how grateful I was that I was doing life and doing it with him. So the next morning, as you can imagine, we didn't sleep very much. And so my husband got up early. He was like, I'm just going to go ahead and go to work since I'm up anyways. And I was um, struggling with a lot of health things after the birth of my newborn at that time, and I was not supposed to be lifting, but that night I was trying to let my husband sleep, so I kept lifting the babies and putting them back in bed, and I remember thinking, I need to tell him, like, I need some help tomorrow because I'm in pain right now, and the Lord said, don't say it, and you're like, really? There's nothing wrong. I just need some help. That's okay to say, and I just remember God telling me, don't say that, Brittany, so instead I was like, babe, you look hot in that suit, and I love you. I hope you have a good day. So he went to work, and I got my little guys all ready to go to go to Bible study, and I dropped them off to the victory dance because they got in there without pitching a royal fit, and then I got to my small group. And in our small group, we were studying the book of Revelation, and the question was posed, why do we even study the book of prophecy? And I said, you know, for me, I study it because it gives me confidence to trust God no matter what happens in my life, knowing that he's gone before me and he knows what's going to happen. And literally moments later, as I'm feeding my little precious newborn, um, the phone rang. And don't worry, like any good Bible study girl, I did not answer the phone. But the second time it rang, I felt like God said, Brittany, you need to answer it. Something with Patrick. So I answered the phone, and it was my husband's boss on the other line, and he said, hey, has Patrick been sick? He just fell. You know, we sent him to the hospital. We're going to come get you. I said, no, he's a perfectly healthy 30-year-old man. Like, I just saw him a little bit ago, but I'll be right there. And in Georgia that day, um, it, it was storming, like, heavily. And so they were afraid I was going to get in a car accident or something. So they said, hey, we are sending a car to come get you. Don't worry. We got it covered. So I waited for an hour in the rain for this agency to come get me. And I remember as I was waiting in the rain, God was screaming his word into my mind. In the verse that says, the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus, was literally just resonating in my mind. And so I get in the vehicle, and the agent looks at me and says, I'm so sorry, we don't know what happened. And I said, it's okay, we can trust God. We know he's got control over this. And so we drove another hour to get to the hospital. And at that point, I'm like, just get me to my man. Like, I know he's cracking all these jokes to the nurses because he is hilarious when he's sick. And I know I just want to pray over him and be with him. And so... We get out, and I remember details that you wouldn't normally just pick up on of a homeless man and taxi and just puddles and just seeing all this water, and I ran as fast as I could, and I ran into a hallway 
filled with all of these law enforcement agents. Um, and they all were very sorrowful, and I knew what was coming. Um, they sat me down, and they said, Brittany, we're so sorry Patrick died. His heart stopped beating, and we don't know why. And I said, the Lord gives and takes away. He is so good. And I started to sing a song I hadn't thought of or even sang since I was a little girl. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, help me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am alone. Through the storm, through the night, take my hand to the light. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on. And in that instant, at the age of 25, with three little babies under three, I became a widow. And my babies became fatherless. And literally in a second, my entire life changed. And lots of things died, not just my husband. But dreams I had for my life, I thought I was going to have this big family with these six kids and this little girl that looks like me and all these different dreams of doing marriage ministry and him discipling these guys and just living life and growing old together that we always talked about. And so in that moment, it was so crazy to realize that your life can change in an instant and eternity can be so real. And I remember sitting there just trying to comprehend this and God saying, hey, Brittany, you need to go tell his coworkers about me. And I'm like, God, are you for real? Like, if there's any time to have a ticket to pass on obeying God, I think this would be the time. Um, and God just really said, I care more about obedience than comfort, Brittany. And so with like crazy, you know, my stomach was all upset and getting up, like, what do I say to these people? I got up and I said, we all got hit over the head today with eternity. And I don't know if where you stand with God, but I know that Patrick knew Jesus. And because he knew Jesus, he's in heaven today. And if you don't know him, today is the day. And just moments later, I had, had to leave and go feed my baby that was crying. wouldn't take a bottle. And I remember walking out of the hospital and they said, oh, hey, we have one more thing for you, ma'am. And they gave me a bag. And it was all that was left of my husband. Um, his watch and his wallet and his wedding ring and his phone. And I left there thinking, how can this happen? I walked in like a beloved wife. And I'm walking out a widow at 25. God, how do I do this? And God was so faithful to walk me through the valley of the shadow of death. And it's a walk, people. It's not a run. There's sometimes when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, and I was crawling through the valley. But God always helped me move and not park where I was. And he was so faithful to walk me through. And so today in a room this size, and on Mother's Day, one of the most tender and hard days of the entire year, I know there's hearts today that came with burdens and with pains. And maybe you're experiencing dreams that never were. Or you're experiencing a desire that you have that has not been. Or maybe your picture of motherhood has looked very different. And you have a wayward child that you say, I have prayed since that baby was in my womb and they do not know Jesus. So in a room the size of all kinds of pain, 
I come today not to talk about the wounds in my life, but to talk about the healer in my life. That God is greater than the grief that we can walk through. He's greater than every pain. And so as I share just a couple quick things with you today, I want you to know that this is not from a place that I have arrived. I have not arrived and I will not to eternity. I'm a sinner and I need Jesus just like every single other person. But I'm telling you from a place that I walked that was so dark, sometimes I didn't know how I was breathing, but because of Jesus. And so I want you to hear my heart in this and hear that it's not just a list of things, but it's Jesus that can walk us through anything we're walking through. And the first thing that walking through pain or suffering that can help us is perspective. You know, perspective doesn't change our circumstances at all, but it changes our view of our circumstances. It doesn't change them, it changes our view. And I love what it talks about in 1 Corinthians, it, or 2 Corinthians, it talks about, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory that is beyond all comparison. As we look to the things that are seen, don't look at those, but look at the things that are unseen. For the things that we see are temporary, the things that we don't see are eternal. That scripture verse gives perspective, doesn't it? It talks about the pain that you and I think, and I don't know about you, maybe I'm just unspiritual, but sometimes I'm like, God, this feels like forever. Like this suffering is so long and so hard, and it's taking so much. But then we go to God's word, and the perspective says that this light momentary affliction produces an eternal weight of glory. And it doesn't stop there. It says that is beyond all comparison in our lives. What we're walking through, when we look at it from God's eyes of God, what are you doing in my heart? What are you doing in my family that is gonna go beyond? And sometimes I think about eternity and I think about going in heaven and seeing my husband one day and looking around and seeing what God did because of the suffering that God called my family to walk to and believing that it was bigger than what I'm walking through. And perspective does it. It gives us a different view. Um, it's kind of like the other day I was in the grocery store with my kids and I had a cart full of food. We're in Aldi and Aldi, like they make their carts big enough for dolls, not children, I believe. They're just like the tiniest little things. So you have one kid that's like kind of hanging in there because he's a little too big for that action. And then I had another kid that was hanging on the other side and the other one was fighting because, you know, we're sinners and we need Jesus and they fight. And so I'm just going to be real with y'all. So they're fighting and in the midst of it, the cart toppled over, almost crushed one of them. There's groceries everywhere. So we're trying to recover from this. And as soon as I put the last grocery back in the cart, Look them all in the eyes. Do not do that again. We're going to make it. One of them says, Mommy, I have to go potty. They're like, really? Of all time, Mommy, I'm going to wet my pants. Really? That fast? I mean, how do you go to zero to 100 like that? So you go, and you're like, oh, my word. And then, of course, they have an accident. So you're in the middle of the store. One person's crying because they almost got crushed by the grocery cart, and you're trying to recover from everyone looking at you. The other person just had an accident, and the other kid, oh, the other kid, he's a smart kid, saying, Mommy is distracted. I get whatever I want. So he is getting all the things that he never gets and sneaking them into the cart. I mean, things that I don't even know he knows what that is. Like, do you really know what that is? Because just because it's got Nemo on it doesn't mean it tastes good, you know? So he's putting everything in the cart. And just about that moment where you think you're going to lose it, this precious little old lady comes, and she says, enjoy the moments. 
like, like these moments? <laughs> Do you know what this moment really is? <laughs> and you think, I don't think she really remembers what it's like. And, and you're thinking all this, and you're like, yes, they are sweet blessings. My hands are full of blessings. And because everyone's like, your hands are quite full. Yes, they are. But you know what that lady has that I don't have? Is she has perspective. She made it through where I was in the middle, and she made it through to the other side. And she has perspective. She might be a widow. She might have lost a child. And she looks and she said, I would give anything to hear my kids crying and hear their voice again. I would give anything to have one of my babies where they're all together and I can kiss them even when they're whining. And she has perspective that I didn't have in the moment when I'm looking right before me. And that's what God's word does. In our midst of our suffering, it gives us perspective so we can look beyond the grave into heaven and eternity. Because when I stand before the grave and I only look at this, that is all I can see is what's in front of me. But when I look to eternity and I look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, it gives us perspective to everything that we're walking through. God, this is for eternity. This is not for this moment. It gives us perspective. And the second thing it does for us is it gives us perseverance for whatever we are walking through. And you know what? I don't know about you, but I need some perseverance because <laughs> it's not easy to endure the suffering God calls us to. And um, scripture says in Romans 3, or 5, 3 through 5, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And a hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. You know, the reality is, every single one of us in this room, it's not if we are going to walk through pain in our life, it's when and how we're going to walk through the pain. Because we can either grit through it and come out bitter, or we can persevere through it and come out better. The choice is ours. But we have to ask God for perseverance. How do we get through today? How do we get through pain and suffering? Going to God's word. Because you know what has the lasting comfort? Not what men says. Not the casserole that you have show up on your doorstep, even though that is a blessing. Thank you, Jesus, for all those things. But when we go to God's word and we get the lasting hope that comes from knowing Jesus, that's what gets us through. It's the perspective and the perseverance that we go to God's word and he says, I promise to heal the broken heart. I promise to do a new good thing. I promise you will not die, but you will live and proclaim the mercies of God. When you go to his word, every time we turn to the water that doesn't run dry, he will fill us up. Yet in our culture, all these moms, we are hurting and we feel dry. Do you not? We pour out in this culture of looking perfect, doing perfect, being involved in all these things, and you're running dry. Yet we try to take a sip of the water of the word of God. Oh, I'll go to the well for just a second. And then you try to run the entire marathon on a sip of water. Instead of saying, God, I am dry and I am empty and I need you. And we sit and we wait and we say, God, show me more of you. Fill me up. And you go to the well that never runs dry, and God fills you up so you can overflow more of him. Not turning to, to fill it and fill the exhaustion, moms, when you just want to scroll through Instagram to numb your mind, and you're exhausted and you need to rest. That doesn't give us lasting rest. Jesus does. Yet we turn to all these other things of what we look like in our time and our position and our possessions. And yet God is saying, strip all that down and come to me for perseverance. I remember... Um, 
when my husband passed away, and going back to the, the house was so hard. And I sat down on his desk, and I looked up, and there was a picture of 1 Corinthians 13. And it was from Hobby Lobby, um, which we just need to take a moment to appreciate Hobby Lobby, right? Every woman loves that place. Um, I always walk in there with one thing in mind and come out with 10. And I'm like, there's scripture verses. This is Christ- This is godly, people, okay? It's God's word. And I had a coupon, and they were playing in Christ alone. I mean, we can't go wrong with this, right? So this picture was 1 Corinthians 13. And all I could see when I looked at it was love endures all things. And God, even in that moment, used a picture on my wall to show me that if I run to God's word, he will remind us that he is calling us to endure and to persevere through his word. So we are to persevere. And the third thing is purpose. Romans 8.28 says, all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. And you know, you hear that, but when you're walking through it, you're like, God, how is this good? I believe, God, you're good, but I don't believe this circumstance is good. And yet, God can do good when we yield our pain to him. I remember walking through and and getting to a point where I was like, okay, you can either accept where I have you, Brittany, as a single mom of three babies and doing everything on your own and being lonely and hurting and being the awkward person that nobody knows what to do with. But, you know, where do widows go? You're like young, but you're talking to the people that, you know, are older, that are going through the same thing, and you have young kids, and you're like, how do you do this? And God said, you can either blend in in the desert, or you can blossom, even in there, going to the water of the word of God. So I remember calling my mom one day and being like, mom, it's crazy, but I feel so content and happy, and I miss my husband, and I'm still crying, and I'm still doing life alone, but I know this is where God's called me, and I want to be faithful, and I would beg God, God, use this pain for your purpose, because this is too painful to be wasted. God, this has got to produce something, because it is too much. In the midst of that, I started to share a story, not that I had anything figured out. I have nothing figured out, y'all, but I do know the one that does. And if God can carry me through the darkest days, God can carry you no matter what you are facing today. And that's what I began to share is God's faithfulness, not mine, not how I do anything, because I do nothing perfect, but I know the perfect one. And as a result, God brought all these people in my life that were hurting. And as I was ministering to one of these families that was going through this terrible tragedy, a widower was reaching out to the same family. His wife passed away a month before my husband did. They had two adopted children. And God started growing this relationship and this friendship built on eternity and built on brokenness and pain and grew a love story when I never thought I would experience that ever again. And so last summer, me and Daniel Brooker got married. And um, yes, I thought I was tired with three kids. Now I have five and I'm really tired. And we, at the time we got married, we had five kids, um, Six, five, four, three, two were their ages. And they kind of, they call us the Brooker Bunch because it's just a crazy traveling circus, but we are thankful to be together. And now, even though God has provided a wonderful blessing, it's still hard. And I still have to find perseverance and perspective and purpose because this year, one of the sons got diagnosed with fetal alcohol from, you know, his adoption and autism and behavior problems. And you have one child that, 
wouldn't look anyone in the eyes because they were afraid to trust someone because they thought they were going to die. And other kids that wake up in the middle of the night crying, saying, are you going to die too? I had another dream you're going to die. And you're walking life through kids that are hurting and broken, yet can smile one day. And you can smile too, but then you have these broken moments where you're saying, God, how do we do this? And still in the midst of my brokenness here, I have to trust that God's purpose is greater than my pain. And I have to say, God, we are broken, but we can find healing in your word. I can't tell my kids everything's going to be okay, but I can tell them that we can trust God, and through him, we will be okay. And that's the difference. And maybe today, you know, as I share a story, maybe you have something that even in the midst of your pain that you need to surrender to God. Maybe there's something you've been holding on and said, you know what, I don't want to give this up. God, I want my plans. Lord, I want to do this. And God is saying, I am stripping you down so you will yield to me because my purpose is so much greater than your plans.